Advent Sunday is upon us, and we are remembering what it means for Christ to come in the first Advent. Advent means arrival, for Christ to have come in the first Advent, and for Christ to promise that there will be a second Advent, a second coming, a second arrival. He comes to us in the first as a baby. He will come to us in the second as the glorious King. In both of those Advents, we know there is a truth that Advent begins in the dark, that in the darkness of a world that is broken and that is hurting and that is longing for light, Christ comes. And last week, we remembered Advent beginning in the dark and even in the midst of the darkness, bringing to us hope because we remember that Christ is the hope of the world. And what is unique about this particular candle at this particular point is how it's burning down. And you can probably barely see the light at all. And sometimes that is exactly how hope works. It's always there. And it's always flickering. But sometimes it's hard to see. Which is why we need to slow down and learn to wait in this season of Advent. We celebrate Advent in light of the Christian tradition with these candles. Three candles being the color of purple, which reminds us of the royalty of Christ. One color being pink, reminding us of joy. The white candle reminding us of the purity of Christ. We light the candle of hope this week, or this past week, and this week, in just a few moments, we will light the candle of peace. Whether we know it or not, whether we even believe it or not, the early church did believe that the marking of time, the marking of time and the rhythms of life needed to be formed by the story of the gospel, that it needed to be formed by the story of what God is doing in the world. And so Advent begins the Christian New Year where we remember the origin of our story as a people and that the origin of our story extends all the way back to a moment in the garden when God created humanity to dwell with them forever. But that dwelling with humanity, that home with humanity was broken in humanity's rebellion. And God the entire time has been working to make a home with us again. And through Christ, He's opened His life, His home to us. And we now have a home with God through Christ. And that is the beginning of our story. That God broke the silence of a dark world in the whimper of a child to do what the world could not do with itself, uh, for itself, to be the kind of king that we would never ever see and could have ever hoped for, the best king we could have ever hoped for, but a king that we didn't expect. God has come and is coming, offering us the hope of a world where the principalities of this age and the powers of this age and the governments of this age cannot give us but a hope that only a restored world with self-giving love, abiding peace, and unending joy that flow from the fullness of God's presence can give us. And so we step into the life of the prophets during this Advent season, and we remember their words, a words at a time that existed before Christ had come. Even though now we know He has come, He is coming again, we find some hope and peace stepping back into the waiting period of the Israelites. And so we have, each week, we will and have looked at the words of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to ask you to stand if you would, and if you'll open your worship guide to page 5, we will pick up in a reading together. It's the same text. 
but I will start us in Isaiah 9, which will begin in verse 1 in this reading. Prophet Isaiah says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time when the future, in the future, when the Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. There'll be fuel for the fire. And then Isaiah goes on with the reading, and I'd ask you to join me in that reading for our confession. We say together, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord And so we'll ask Hamilton's to come and light for us a candle of peace. And then they will lead us in a prayer together. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we pardon. It is in dying that we are born again to eternal life. In the name of the one who has come and is coming again, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This, this thing about the peace that comes because of Christ, Isaiah believed that the peace would never end. And he associated that peace with something more than just the absence of chaos, the absence of noise and disruption. Peace in the Bible is never the absence of chaos. Peace in the Bible is always a sense of wholeness and stability, even in the midst of the chaos. That's what biblical peace is. It's not, oh, I want some peace, which means I want everything to calm down. It is, I have peace because my soul is secured in the promises that God has made, and despite what I see, and even despite what I feel, my feelings haven't sent Christ away. My feelings do not have power over the lordship of Jesus. Jesus is still the king, and he is coming again, and that grounds my soul. And the thing is, if we don't open our eyes to that peace, we'll forget that embedded deep within our soul, because we are Christ followers, because we have the Spirit of God in us, Deep within us, we do have peace. And so we light the candle of peace to remember 
that when the prophet said this peace will never end, that it will never end. We just have to keep our eyes open to the peace that has come and the Christ who has come and the peace that will remain because Christ is coming again.